Also on the program, Gary Galley will come up uh, in the second hour here and help us tee up uh, his call tonight. Toronto Maple Leafs and the Dallas Stars. But let's go right to the source. Yes. Marty Turco. When in doubt, <laughs> go to the goalies. They know everything. What's going on, Marty? Uh, you know, you're getting wise in your old age, Kipper. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, How about the Dallas? Everything's good, man. How are you? We're good. How about the Dallas Stars? Are they getting wiser as the season ends? Are they going to be able to hold on here? Well, it's a good question, but uh, my answer would be yes. We are getting wiser. Our no no real moves at the deadline uh, might be good. Keep a cohesive group together. They seem to be believing. Seven to nine had a good road trip uh, until we. Laid an egg in Seattle, but um, we look good. We've got some games in hand. Obviously, we're in a dogfight with a few teams for that last or second for those wild card spots. Uh, but if I if I had to go out on it, I'd say we will make it by probably one to three points. We'll get in. That'd be my, my guess. But uh, tonight's, I mean, huge. A team that's had that crazy uh, Florida kind of swing there. And uh, I'll be interested to see how it all pans out tonight. So what do you think of the Stars and where they're at in terms of the, the likelihood of being able to, to do some damage if they were to get it in the postseason? Um, some nice stories, some players having good years there. Is there enough going on that gives you a belief that when this team's rolling, they can they can win some games, win a series or two? Yeah, no, definitely. And it's not just because of our roster. Um, you know, the Jamie Benz of the world, you don't want to play those guys in the playoffs. He's just a gamer. But you know, it's the way we've been winning hockey games, just scrappy playoff style stuff coming, scoring goals late or um, just make, just getting it done. So it's not been pretty. I watch them all. Um, I'll say that some games are, do look good. And certainly when that line is out there, Robertson, Pavelski and uh, Rupe Hintz, those guys are as good as anybody in the, in the league. They seem to be dangerous every shift that they're out there but um, you know we would be dangerous if we made it we got a lot of work to, to do uh, we are built for the playoffs with that kind of team um, we got a bunch of goalies out but we seem to found one in our young stud Jake Ottinger who's been carrying the mail for us but, uh, so that's obviously I would like to see him in the playoffs and just see how, how he does and uh, get him some, some action so it could serve him well uh, for the rest of his career, but uh, we do. We got a good mix of old and young, uh, some speed and some skill. And uh, most nights were fun to watch. Like I said, not all that pretty, but at least they're entertaining. So Marty, you mentioned Jake Ottinger uh, in Dallas now, and and the ongoing conversation here in Toronto is of of course in net uh, with Jake Campbell or Jack Campbell, sorry. And you know, can he get the job done? Uh, but then you look around, and I don't know if I can ever recall seven out of eight teams having the same question mark, uh, goaltenders that have never done it before, talented guys, uh, but you know what it takes in the playoffs and the mindset and, and the ability to calm yourself down uh, and, and what experience can do for you. Uh, have you ever seen anything like it where there's been so many question marks with teams expected to do well but just yet have that hanging over their heads? an inexperienced goaltender? Uh, I mean, I definitely have seen it, you know, um, it's been some quite some time and, 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 you know, when it happens like this of the surplus of inexperienced guys, I think it's super exciting, right? You know, there's only one team that's going to win and uh, everybody else is going to great experience. Uh, some of those guys are going to get bounced in the first round. I mean, that's just, that's just the way it's going to go. And they're going to have to wait a whole another year, hopefully hold another year to, um, you know, to get a run at, at the playoffs. So yeah, I think it's going to be fun. I think it's great. I think it's good for the game. Got some young, talented guys. Some have been in the league for a little bit, but haven't uh, had a chance to test their moxie uh, come tournament time. And so I, I'm excited. I just, there's a lot, a lot of, we're in good hands in our, in this league from a goaltending perspective, uh, at all time high of talent structure and uh, size too, for that matter. So it, it'll be fun for me as an old guy watching the playoffs could uh, kind of test their metal and some guys are going to play great and still lose, unfortunately, but uh, the way it goes. So just, you know, for, for Jake tonight, uh, we assume he's, he's, he's playing, he's going up against uh, one of the, the hottest shooter in hockey and in, in Austin Matthews and, and Mitch Marner uh, at a, at an incredible point per game rate here. 
what would you like? Is that equivalent to maybe you facing a, 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 a Lemieux and, and Yager? Do you focus on two or three guys? Like, what kind of advice would you give Jake going up against these guys tonight? Those are games you look forward to. I'm like, you know, it's, you know, for me, I, I think for the, I, I look at it more like a sack at Forsberg type stuff because we saw Colorado all the time and. I mean, those are the games you get up for. You want them. I mean, you're playing against Toronto Maple Leafs, even though he's a Minnesota kid, went to BU. Uh, he knows he knows how many people be watching and Leaf Nation's uh, nuts and, you know, what the Leafs mean to the league. Uh, so it's a big game for us. It's really a big game for, for him. And uh, my advice would be to to enjoy it, but just, it's, you know, they're, uh, you'll, you'll know when they're on the ice. You should know when the best players are on the ice when they put half of foot over the board you you got to keep an eye on them and then you know, I mean you, it's just so much fun to watch Austin I mean he's such a pure goal scorer and he's talented and obviously Mitch as you mentioned is um, you know one of the best players in the world he's just so gifted and I I mean I love watching him uh, play he's just so slick out there so I just enjoy it man I usually had, had a season Zetterberg and dead soup too you know during during my career I love I love playing against those two top tandems all the time and obviously the buck doesn't stop there with those two guys, but uh, you know what, you know, when they're on the ice and <laughs> yeah, I, I made the mistake one time when, when uh, we were playing Washington they asked me like, Oh, you always know where Vetchkin is on the ice. I'm like, yeah, I mean, of course he's great. He goes, I'm really watching out for this Alexander uh, Semin guy who was hot at the time. And of course, uh, you know, Ovi didn't disappoint with a hat trick against me that <laughs> night. So I, uh, I put kind of put my foot, my put my foot in my own mouth, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a big challenge. These guys are so good, talented. I mean, to me, it's just I look forward to those moments every time. Marty, tell us about the season Jason Robertson is having. Um, you know, kind of came out of nowhere for me, my awareness of him anyway. 32 goals and 61 games played, second on the team in scoring. What You know, what kind of year is this guy having? Oh, just unreal. We, yeah. You know, from the beginning of the year, you know, we would have said that. We're like, mm, no, and... You know, for us uh, smart hockey pundits, right? We know everything. There's no way. There's no way we would have looked on that whole roster and says, "Let's put Rupe with Joe Pavelski and then Jason Robertson." Uh, that is just seems like the odd couple, but it works, and it's worked so good for us. I mean, they've been collectively the best line in hockey for this season. And um, to your point, I think is that Jason Robertson. He's the lynch to that. I mean, that's not nothing against Joe or Rupe. Um, this guy is such a gamer. The best way I can describe him is if you're going to go play a pond hockey game, he be he should be your first overall pick. The guy just does the little things great, uh, puts pucks in awesome places. He makes everybody around him better. And I remember, you know, a couple of years ago, the first time I seen him in our lineup, and I was sitting up there in the box, and I was like, who is this guy again? And, you know, from California, you know, he's a little shy, a little nerdy, off the ice. But, uh, man, oh, man, the guy knows how to play the game of hockey. He knows how to put percentages in his favor, uh, his puck skills, his awareness is just off the charts. And uh, you got a guy with hands like Joe and you got the speed the size of Rupe. Man, they've just been making magic. But uh, he's the centerpiece. We're very lucky to you know, draft that kid and have him in our organization. And uh, this year, we wouldn't be where we were are in, in and around the playoffs bubble uh, without him having the year he's having. We're talking to Marty Turco, special assistant to the president of the Dallas Stars. When we think of the Leafs, of course, and, and people around uh, the league and the world think of the Leafs, they now are uh, thinking Matthews and Marner. Uh, for Dallas, uh, it's it's been Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan. Yet those numbers are not anywhere near uh, where you expect them to be for guys that are making uh, almost ten million dollars. So, I mean, Marty, if if these guys were in Canada with those numbers, you know they'd be getting ripped left, right, and center here. So, uh, how is it in Dallas uh, with you know forty plus points? Uh, people like those guys when they go out, spend money at the restaurants and <laughs> the malls. And stuff. Good popular tippers. remote town. Good tippers. They're, they're very, they're very good, man. They're, they're loved around town, man. You know, leave, leave the guys alone. Hey, listen, we're in a salary cap era. Um, you know, when you pay for guys, you you hope they play close to their AAV and. Um, 
We're we're fine, man. If we honestly, we, that's what we expected out of them. You know, you want a little bit more salary wise. I know Mister Tom Gallardi um, would love a little more because how much you pay these guys. Um, but you know, they're good, and we get in the playoffs. These guys are gonna we're gonna need them. We're gonna only be successful if those two guys are are going. The other line um, just can't do it all. Uh, Miro and Klingberg and the guys in the back end and our goalie. So. Uh, it's just the world we live in, man. I mean, hey, I wish I was making 9.5 million AAV and, and, and not producing up to what people wanted either. I wish I'd be fine living in Toronto, get yelled at. <laughs> well, we... uh, it's, it's tough, though, man. They, they're good. They're good. You know, we paid them. It is what it is, and uh, we got to win. We need those guys, and so no matter what they're getting paid, they're going to pull on the rope just like everybody else. Well, and I, I don't mean this to be a uh, pile-on, but, you know, we only get to see Dallas a couple times a year, and I, and I wanted to ask about Radulov, a guy who's played 62 games and has four goals this season. He's another name that just doesn't really come up that much. Uh, a UFA at the end of this season, where where are things at with, with him, the organization, just his play in general? Uh, I think things are fine. He's been in, in and out of the lineup, um, some injuries, unfortunately for him. Mm-hmm. He's certainly a talented guy. He's uh, streaky and uh, just hasn't had a streak yet this year. So yeah. let's go. And maybe he can find one. And, um, you know, he's he's high energy. So when, you know, we, what we talked about earlier, playoff-wise, right, you get into the playoffs, guys like that, throwing backhands, top cheese, uh, making plays, hitting, you know, he could be really effective. But, you know, we're going to need everybody, all hands on deck, including him, uh, you know, and Tyler and Jamie, and just everybody uh, to get into the playoffs. And so whether you have four goals at all, let's find it. Um, no matter what it is, just keep putting pucks on the net. And, uh, you know, lately his attitude has been, been pretty good. He's been playing pretty hard. And uh, he's just been snake bitten, unfortunately. But uh, he's a high-energy guy. We need him to produce and if he doesn't and we get in the playoffs man these guys like that um, you see can you know have success that didn't have it during the playoffs he can catch fire pretty quick marty you got to excuse us because uh, out of the corner of our eye the masters are going on as well here so <laughs> i'm watching it too relax okay? i'm watching it too i want to watching tiger two putt oh what a hell of a story this could turn out to be a eh, for him Oh, my gosh. I mean, nobody in our lifetime moved a needle like this guy. Nobody. Like, I mean, we're all glued to it. He, I mean, he's, I mean, these guys should be thanking him. You know, Scotty Scheffler lives in the neighborhood. He, he grew up in Dallas and see his dad and mom walk in the neighborhood all the time. And, and I mean, these guys should be kissing his rear end, man. What he's done for sports, <laughs> sports in general. The money these guys are making. I mean, Willie's El Torres, you know, watching him, too. Um, I mean, the money these guys are making. I mean, hey, they they work hard. They're super talented and gifted. But Tiger Woods, I mean, Tiger Tiger Woods, what he does, man, is we're all glued, we're all glued to it, man. Look at this guy. His pink, his pink shirt, whatever he wants. Yeah, whatever he wants. He's on one leg again. Just, I mean, just in a tank I mean, top wants, out there. I mean, God, it's so exciting, man. So... So just, I, I want to just kind of uh, use a little bit of a of a golf hockey thing here because uh, Shulgren's the backup goalie for the Leafs the last uh, few weeks since uh, Mrazek was lost. And, you know, he went into uh, Florida, didn't finish the game. Some weren't sure whether he was hurt or not or whether he pulled himself out or not. But I, I want to ask you something. Like, much like golfers where we're watching the best in the world, the goalies today... I mean, they're they're all talented, but you know the difference between the golfers and winning, and maybe goaltenders and being successful is it is it between the ears? Um, most of the time, yes. I mean, sometimes it's just a talent issue, you know, like um, foot speed, edge work, size, tracking the puck. Um, I mean, these guys are good, man. You go play with a professional golfer, the 250th ranked guy from South Africa, say, and you're like, who is this guy? And all of a sudden he shoots 63. And you're like, oh, yes, he's pretty good. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I mean, I'd like to see you get on the ice. I'd like to see you get on the ice, even though, yeah, I mean, you played a long time in the NHL and go, go against them. You're like, you ain't scoring. You know, maybe one, you know, out of 50. Yeah. I mean, these, these, these guys are good. It's just, I think it's, it's not a conversation about, you know, as a, lack of talent or is it between the years? I, I think the credit goes to the, to the guys who are on top, you know, when you look at Flory playing for that long, 
Um, he has it, man. These guys are just that good. And then the same thing in golf, like Tiger and Rory and, you know, and Jordan Spieth, when, when he's on, these upper echelon guys, goalies and golfers, they're the special breed. It's, these other guys are talented. They're super good. Um, they just, I mean, you got to get your hats off to the, to the guys who are, you know, some of the best in, in the absolute world. And I love watching, you know, good goalies play when they're, when they're on and tracking the puck. Uh, it is just such a treat to watch and no different in golf and Tiger or someone's just taking it low. Um, you just got to, you got to appreciate it. And so, the, I mean, all the goalies are talented. You look at Wedgwood, man, who's uh, might be playing tonight. Actually, I heard he, he might be playing instead of Odger. You know, these guys are amazing. They're, they're great goalies. They just, you know, they're not eating minutes every night. Um, and it's harder than it looks. And that's all really I can say about the difference between the top guys and uh, the journeymen. So so it's it's less about maybe them get, getting themselves psyched out than it would be um, just a, an issue uh, mechanically. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, you, you're, you're in shorter, you're half a second behind, you know, your edge work isn't just as, as good, as innate ability. Um, and sometimes it is between the years, man. You don't get that shot or you, you just, you know, you've, you've had it before, given an opportunity and uh, you drop the ball and it's hard to recover from it. And some guys just aren't built for it, honestly. And, um, you know, I, I had a guy my first year, uh, second year pro, um, you know, this guy in Dallas, they wouldn't even, they wouldn't even tell him he was playing starting tonight because they were scared he might not show up. I'm like, <laughs> you know, that's, I'm like, how'd you get this far in life? Like, and but then for me, you know, hearing stories like that, um, you're like, okay, it is between the years, right? Like I want this, I believe this. And it's every contract that we were ever, we were ever getting. Um, I looked at my wife and said, Hey, you know, now the work's starting. We, okay. Um, and so we're, um, you know, let's go earn that contract, right? It was just a mindset. You know, you wanted it. Like I said earlier, when Zach and Forsberg were on the ice, um, I was like, hey, I want to play these guys. You know, I want to be the guy. I want to carry the mail. And not everybody's like that. Um, they want it, but going out there and doing it are two different things. And, you know, I wasn't immune to bad goals and bad stretches and bad yeah. years for that matter. And certainly not bad series, but uh, you got to want and get back on the horse. And so that was, um, I think that's that's probably the, the most of it. But uh, I really think the top guys you got to give the credit to instead of wondering why the other guys can't, you know. So what you're telling us is you've never experienced the yips ever. <laughs> uh, what, what, what sport are we talking about here? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I def I definitely have in, in hockey and uh I'll never forget I had one training camp and I mean I couldn't get hit by the puck and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is gonna be brutal. You know, they're paying me, I'm the guy and and I changed like I changed my something in my stance and in my hand positioning. The night before, the day we were traveling to Colorado to start the season, and um, we went in there. We ended up winning in overtime. I made a great play to Sidor to go in and score, and Jose Theodore, and and I, you know, felt way better. And it was just one little thing that stopped my yip or whatever I was doing. And it might have been mechanical, but of course, you know, ninety-five percent of that's between the ears and just how you feel. And um, I just I'll never forget it, right? Just one little thing to get you back on the horse. But uh, that, that, that's what it all ends up being, right? When you're when you're the guy and you're riding high, you're like, how can I keep this thing, man? How do I keep my confidence going? What do I got to do on and off the ice to keep it rolling? And then when you when you hit that lull spot, you're like, man, how do you get it back fast? And that ends up being the difference between you know some of these Hall of Famers and some guys who you know may play 250 games and you know looked at as an average goalie. I mean, still some of the best talent in the world, but it's like, how do you get how do you stay on top the longest? And then you started giving it sometimes circumstance too. I mean, Hey, I'm not scared to talk about mine. I had two expansion drafts. We were right as I'm starting my career. We traded Roman Turk on the cup team and Manny Fernandez got picked up in Minnesota. And I, you know, lo and behold, who's looking, looking around like who's left. And I'm like, Hey, it's me over here. And they're like, all right, you're backing up Eddie Belfort. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, sometimes you just need, Sometimes you need that. And, yeah. uh, you know, I got it. And then you got to take advantage of those moments, too. So, yes, it is all mental, but there's an innate amount of ability that goes, uh, that precedes that to get to this level. And, um, you know, everybody that plays in the NHL, man, it's, it's, it's a complete honor and privilege. And uh, they're all super talented. And some get the chance, some can own it when they do. And, and you know, some don't. But, 
they're all super talented and they all get paid really well. So I think that, <laughs> that bodes well for them too. He is Kingville's brewery. The King, <laughs> the King of Kingville, the King of Kingville. Any new flavors in the LCBO there, buddy? Uh, our Czech lager is in there, uh, which is dynamite. I mean, we think Czech pilsners are best brewers. Okay, it was in the just world. a quick question. It was just a quick question. <laughs> Marty, you you're the best, buddy. Like that guy. Czech pilsner, red can. Go get it. Okay, go right, get thank it. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Marty. Go, we go appreciate tiger. you, man. Go Tiger. He just pulled. He just pulled another one in the book. You guys, <laughs> you guys are talking about yips and Tiger yanked and dead left. I was like, you hey. over yipped our conversation. <laughs> Marty oh, Turco. my God. Tigers. He's got to put a piece of gum in. He's in the left pocket. Thanks, Marty. He's hilarious. Oh, yeah. That was a good conversation. He's uh, He's got a lot of great insight and a lot of experience to draw on. Oh, yeah. I am aware that when we ask him about certain guys on the team, like he's part of the managerial staff of the team. Like, I, You know what? I kind of forgot that a little I bit. I know. Like, yeah, tell I'm us like, about what's, Radulov. Well, what's well, he going to say? What's going on with Sagan? Why do they suck so bad, Marty? They're making 10 million bucks. They got He's 40 like, points. We know. <laughs> <laughs> the best, oh my god! The best, the best line was, "Ah, he's a bit of a streaky player. Hasn't had a streak yet." Radulov's <laughs> <laughs> a streaky player. Hasn't had a streak yet. <laughs> All right, well, we're gonna oh, take a great. quick break and calm down here and get Tiger out of the woods. Oh, he's d- well he done. Yanked that. What happened? He, he was cross. sniffing out a red number on 18 here. Double and, cross. Yeah, although he drop kicked the drive in 14 too, right? He's, he's all right, we're going to take a quick break here. Sammy, um, no, no tickets to give away, or uh, we're good? No, there. we'll do it after the break. Okay, we'll do it after the break. We got Gary Galley, color analyst with Sportsnet Hockey Night in Canada, and he'll uh, help us also get uh, teed up for Dallas and the Toronto Maple Leafs. You're watching and listening on our YouTube channel, Real Kipper and Born. The code word for today's episode to text 590-590 to qualify for your shot to win Leafs Islanders tickets on April 17th is Islanders. Opening day at the Masters. <laughs> <laughs> and tomorrow's opening day baseball. There's all oh, sorts of sports and stuff. And that's right. We've oh. got to remind everybody tomorrow that our show will start 10 a.m. Eastern. Can you remind me of that tomorrow morning? I'm going to text you in the morning. Please do. I'm showing up here <laughs> for 3 p.m. Text you at 945 and see if you're awake. We have, uh, we, so all of you watching on our YouTube channel, uh, make sure that you know that it's a 10 to 12 because we're shifting just for this one particular day, the opening of the Blue Jays. Barker and Blair going 3 to 5. They the got boys. Our spot. What happens if they like it so much? They want it. Yeah, they're done. We're no, they're them done. Yeah, yeah. We could take them, maybe. Oh, I got Blair. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I got Barker? You guys take Who's Barker. their producer? <laughs> Boffo? I'll give Boffo a and shot got, in the guts. I got Gary Galley right now, color analyst for Sportsnet, getting ready for uh, Dallas and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Gary, how are you, pal? Thanks for joining us. Hey, no worries. I'm doing great. How are you guys? Yeah, we're good. We're hanging in there. We just... Uh, Trying to bumped. figure out the, the, the contrast between uh, a Tampa Bay game and a Florida game and what shows up tonight against the Dallas Stars. What are your thoughts uh, from uh, 15,000 feet above? You know, a few weeks ago, I was, I was, I was doing a Leaf game, and I, I was looking down the schedule of what was coming, and I thought, geez, you know, they got Florida a couple times. They got Tampa. They got Boston. They got some real heavy hitters, not just in the league, but in their own division. And these are normally opportunities – for a coach and a management team to really have a look at your team against teams that are getting pretty close to the playoffs. They're, you know, under 15 games before the, the dance starts. So you're going to get a really good look at it. And I think overall, and listening to Sheldon Keith um, today, overall, I think that he seems rather pleased what he's seen. And even though there's a bit of a bobble in Florida, um, you know, they've, they, they've actually – played the games against the big hitters in their division very well. Um, they've gotten points uh, out of them. And at the same time, their big players have played well in those games against those teams. And those are the teams you're going to have to play to get out of your division. <clears throat> so it's, uh, I think, for Sheldon Keith, I think he's going, you know what? 
uh, this shows me that I think we're right there with these guys. And, uh, of course, it comes down to injuries and, uh, you know, untimely penalties and goaltending and all kinds of other things that we throw into the equation when teams play. But I think at the end of the day, the other night, the 5-1 uh, uh, lead they blow, it blew, you know, they've done that before. And it's not just this year. They've done it over the years. They seem to have a habit of, of, of giving other teams some crazy momentum. And, uh, but you've got to offer the, the, the pat on the back for jumping back in it and getting that sixth goal and getting the point out of the game and not just letting it all get away on you. So certainly another learning curve for the team, but um, I think all in all, the, the trip has been pretty good and against those Atlantic foes, I think really good. Has uh, their success against some of those great teams in the Atlantic changed your perception of them in any way? I think some people feel better about them after this stretch. Do you, or do you feel kind of as you did before, they're always competitive against those good teams? You, you know, I, I think good teams rise to the occasion against good teams. Yeah. And so I think that's a good sign. I would say that if you re-roll the reel, have we seen this reel before where some of their top players are just lighting it up and lighting it up and lighting it up, and then the playoffs hit, and then it's like, what just happened? Where's all the swagger? Uh, you know, where's, where's all that confidence and resiliency that was going strong? And that's what the playoff can do to you. It gets in your kitchen, right? It's in your melon, twist things around, pots are banging all over the place, and there's noise coming from everywhere. And it's how do you handle that? And every year that the Maple Leafs falter in the playoffs, you have to look at that as a learning experience. There are things to be learned in winning, and there's a lot to be learned in losing. So are they learning along the way? And as they're tearing it up right now uh, offensively and guys are having career years and breaking records and things like that, is their perspective still the same? That, yes, this is the regular season, but our eye is on a much bigger prize, and we've faltered there, and we're not going to do that kind of thing again. So I, I really think I'm looking forward to the playoffs for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think there's lots of questions to be answered. I think getting Giordano, that deal, I think has helped Sheldon Keefe and getting Muzzin back, move some of the pieces around on the backside, see what partners he likes, see where he wants to get his shutdown team going and, and what guys are, are steady playing together. And, and I think that's, that's getting – that's getting tighter on the back and uh, goaltending. Well, I think it's going to be a question until the end of the season comes and we all go, okay, it was really good. It was really bad. It was just average. We're not going to know till it's all done with. Gary, if, if things kind of just play out uh, at, at, at a, at a pace that we're, we're watching now, is it just a foregone conclusion that uh, the Leafs would come in no matter how hot Matthews or Marner is as underdogs? And could that bold well for them? I think people around the league and the teams they're playing are not going to consider them underdogs. And that's all that really matters, right? I mean, the Boston Bruins and the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are most likely going to be the, the dance partner, um, I don't see those guys thinking, okay, they're the underdog. You know? But, but uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, you know, they've got to go in with the confidence that they're not the underdog, that they can win this series if they play their game. I think for the fan base, they may look at it and leave a trap door a little open saying, hey, you know, <laughs> we haven't, uh, you know, done well in the playoffs. We're clearly the underdog here We ha- until we prove it. But uh, the people in the dance itself aren't going to think that way, and I would not count on any of the teams letting their guard down at all, and I don't think the Maple Leafs should either. Gary, I'm sure part of your uh, research today goes into looking into the Dallas Stars and what they have to offer. Has anything come across your desk that, that makes them stand out to you as an interesting team? Anything they do overly well or poorly? You know, they're a team that really had some, some off times in the season and have kind of found their way. They got behind in games, they, you know, with the COVID stuff. They all got behind. But they weren't a team that had to play a lot of games that kind of struggled. Their road record is just okay. They're one game over 500, and they're only that because they had a decent road trip recently. You know, normally, guys, we always say you have to play well at home, and you got to be at least 500 or better on the road to guarantee yourself a playoff spot. And and they are just at that. They're really solid at home. I mean, this is a team that's only lost about nine games at home, I think, this year. So this is a team that's really good. And you have to remember, they have nine of their last 13 games at home. So that bodes really well for them. So I, I love Rick Bonus. Rick's one of my most, you know, the people I really enjoyed in the game and my time in the game. And I know after the game, our conversations is a guy I really like, and I know they love playing for him. The Pavelski effect. I mean, can anyone argue that? I mean, he doesn't. He comes into this new team, and I think a lot of people, including myself, was like, 
okay, you know, it's Joe and Joe's a good player, but you know, you know, is this the downside of things or whatever, but man, he has just played so well for them. He's became really a new voice for that hockey club. Good on the power play, good on the penalty killing. He pushes his teammates to be better. Uh, He's playing with a couple of guys that are really excited to play with them. And I I think it's, uh, you know, that's one thing that I noticed a big difference. I mean, their goaltending, Ottinger, has really helped them because their power play has disappeared. Uh, Up till January 31st, this team was like fourth overall in the league in power play. And since then, I think they're like 28th. Uh, it's just been a real drop-off, and Rick Bonus mm-hmm. made a rather funny comment. He's like, I'd rather have an ugly power play that shoots the puck than stands around and overpasses. So, I mean, that just tells you the frustration where they're at. But uh, without the power play, you'd have to say that uh, the, the biggest thing for them is their overtime victories after regulation, their goal differential, they're a plus nine in overtime. That's insane. And that's where they're sitting in the driver's seat right now. And if they play well down the stretch at home, this should be a playoff spot for the Dallas Stars. We're talking to Gary Galley, former NHLer and color, color analyst uh, for tonight's uh, game on Sportsnet uh, Toronto versus Dallas. Gary, you've played on enough good core blue line. Is it um, is it possible that uh, uh, s- seven or eight guys now are sitting there going, I, I don't deserve to sit out? I, I mean, I watched Labushkin come out of the lineup, and I'm like, I don't know if he would have been my first choice. Uh, is that where the Leafs are now? Is that is that bold well for the Leafs, or is it all in the way they may handle this? Well, it always it always comes down to how a player handles um, his ice time and his playing time, and whether he's in a lineup or out of a lineup. Um, I got I got you know I get this this vibe that I think we didn't take it um, as well as the guys take it now. The guys seem to take it more in stride now. Um, they don't look at it as an insult or the fact that people don't think you're good enough to play or like that. There, there are guys that need to get in the lineup and play. They need to get minutes in. They need to stay fresh. Um, and there's always going to be a, a top four that kind of plays. And, and Sheldon Keith has his top four guys that he's going to stay keep in the lineup and playing. And those other two guys are going to have to possibly get used to, or at least one of them is going to have to get used to kind of rolling around a little bit and, and not – falling down psychologically and, and mentally and making sure that when it's your turn to step in and play that you play to a high level because when the playoffs get running it's the guys who are playing to the highest level that help the team win that are going to continue to play and, and that's the way it is but you know I, I know guys get sat out games now healthy scratched and 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 you hear the you hear the coach or you hear someone say look at any handling it really well great attitude his work ethics off the charts a guy like Radulov right in in, uh, in Dallas I mean, the, you know, yeah, okay, great. I'm sure he's not happy about it, but they take it a little better now, and that probably enables them to get back into the lineup without having all that that uh, that anger and, and disappointment sitting on them for too long. They just move along and they get going. Hey, a bad uh, just before yeah, you yeah. jump in, Jamie, yeah, yeah. a bad attitude can can really ripple through the dressing room, yeah. and uh, you're right. Uh, uh, there, there were instances where I can recall being on teams when I'm like, uh, this guy's sucking the oxygen right out of our room. Oh, there's nothing worse than a guy gets set out and he comes in, he's tossing garbage cans and, and kicking things and, and yelling and swearing in, in the off rooms, you know, like it's just like, and you can, you can appreciate someone's, you know, uh, you know, someone's self-esteem and how they feel and, they, and they're, and they're angry. I mean, no one, there, no one should ever take sitting out of a game lightly. That's for sure. But it's how you show your professional image, professionalism and your composure around your teammates uh, is important too. And that's how you get respect uh, as well that, you know, you, when you come into the lineup, you just come in and play. And, and uh, you know, I used, I, I used to name that pops into my head, guys. It's a little off center. But a guy like Kulak in Montreal, I used to always say, why isn't this guy playing regularly? I like him. He does everything right. Uh, I don't know why they keep sitting him out games and not giving him a chance to play regularly. But every time he sat out, he came back into the game. He played the same way, played hard. And, you know, and that's why he moves on to other teams. And, he, and those, those are important things. But I coach minor hockey. I, told, I always told my kids, your bad attitude will beat you to the front door of the locker room before your talent any day. And, 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 and I made sure I made, mentioned that you know, a few times within a season. It's that your attitude is very important. And it, not just for you, but all the people around you. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's something you're right. It doesn't seem to be a huge problem with the Leafs. When you see guys come in, come out, everyone's kind of right back at it. 
Um, and for them, they, they've had a lot of success this season. They find themselves likely a two seed in the Atlantic. Who do you think they match up best against uh, looking at the first round potential opponents? Because, Lordy, there is a murderer's row of potential opponents there waiting. Yeah, obviously the first two I mentioned earlier, I think Tampa Bay and, and, and Boston seem to be the most likely unless Toronto was to really fall off and, 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 and get into a, a wild card spot, which I don't yeah. think they will. Um, I, I, so I put all my eggs in those two baskets and I say, who okay. are they better to play? Um, Tampa Bay seems to be struggling more now. Um, you know, Boston seems to be playing better now since the trade deadline and picking up uh, Hempus Lindholm and, 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 a, and a few other pieces that have fallen into place there in Boston. They have, they seem to have gotten some energy back and, uh, you know, Patrice Bergeron, who had been banged up and Nick quite a bit, I think has, has healed some things and he looks like he's on his way to being up for another Selkie, which is incredible. So Boston, you know, has the young goaltending. So I would say I would rather play Boston, um, you know, than, than, than go into Vasilevsky's, uh, you know, abode. I would think that would be something I wouldn't want to do. Uh, but some people say, you know, you hit the Stanley Cup champions right off the hop, and if you can dismantle them and take them out, that is a huge boost uh, for a team moving forward into the playoffs. You know, you slay the dragon right away. Uh, sometimes I know you have to win four series to win the cup, but sometimes a series that happens in the first two is what really, uh, you know, pr- projects you forward and helps you win. And uh, so certainly a series against Tampa would be certainly one where you're going to play a team that wants to win for a third time and be something special and knocking them off with the, with that kind of goaltender would be a, uh, would be something. Whatever the matchup is, Gary, um, when you talk about the prep work that would go into a playoff series and, and the assignments and how they get so specific and detailed, I mean, uh, throughout your career, uh, any comparisons to what uh, a, a first-round opponent would be looking at and in, in trying to stop a Matthews and a Marner? The, the, the teams that are going to be playing Toronto are going to look at a, a few things in my mind. They're going to look at, and it's the Bill Belichick thing, right? Who do we take away in that lineup that's going to mess that lineup the most? Who do we get on? Who do we try to get off their game? Who do we really put our attention on that if they don't have this person rolling, it can affect, it can affect pieces underneath them and have a residual effect. But that's going to be the main thing. So, you know, so you got to look at Matthews and say that this is a guy, and Chara did it for years with Boston, get him off his game, make his game hell to play every night, and hopefully through a long series, because it, it will be, um, you know, it affects uh, the trickle down effect is there. The other thing too, is you've got this power play that's going to finish the season probably as for a record uh, in the history of, 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 of the Toronto Maple Leafs, it's going to probably be North of 30%. Um, they're, they're scoring so many power play goals, but we all know in the playoffs, that's something that disappears. There isn't normally a team that's ripping along at 30, 35% in the playoffs. And, the two teams are going to play, you know, Tampa and Boston. Boston has got an extremely good penalty killing team uh, with really good face-off guys. And so if their power play can't be as advantageous for them, um, you know, uh, are they going to be able to generate enough goals to, to win games? And the close games, right? The 2-1s, 3-2 uh, games that seem to happen more often in the playoffs. And that's when it comes down to goaltending and defense. So there is a shift as far as it goes. It's Toronto. Are they, are they ready for that shift? and know how to play in those games and learn from the previous falters in the playoffs. And that's the key question to me, but uh, certainly taking away that power play uh, efficiency and taking away as much of Matthews as you can, I think will, will go a long way in defeating the Toronto Maple Leafs for sure. And that's, I think that's not rocket science. Yeah. And Gary, what do you think their best chance of having an effective fourth line is, you know, the options with Clifford, Spezza, Simmons, Blackwell, Abruzzisi is getting some run here. Is there a way that they can put something together that they can use effectively for eight to 10 minutes? I think whatever the line is, Jason Spezza has to be on it. In my yeah. I, I really believe that he's a guy that uh, can take face-offs for you, key face-offs. Um, he's a guy that does, he won't hurt you on the ice. He understands his role, his position. He plays a good 200-foot game. He's still got extremely good wheels. This guy can still move on the ice and keep up uh, with all the speed that's going on up there, so that doesn't bother me. Um, is he as productive or is he as opportunistic um, you know, as he once was? No, I mean, certainly not. But I think you have to have him on your fourth line. Uh, and then after that, I, I, I really believe that um, you know, when, you look at, when you look at Blackwell, I think you picked him up for a reason, right? And that's a guy that 
you're hoping that's going to be able to sit on that fourth line. You may be able to move them into some penalty killing power play. Uh, but the big story is in, in this next few weeks, you know, where, where, where is Kasha? Where, where is he in, in the big scheme of things? If he comes back into their lineup prior to the playoffs starting, then there will be a trickle-down effect, people dropping down, right? And that could help that fourth line out. Uh, so certainly that's something that I, I'm not really sure where his uh, where his uh, where he is medically right now. I really don't have a, an idea, but I know that that guy was playing some really good hockey for them prior to the injury. And uh, if he could get himself back into the lineup, or if they could get him into the lineup, then everything just trickles downward, and that just makes the fourth line even that much better. Looking forward to the game tonight. Looking forward to your call tonight, Gary. Really appreciate the time, man. As always, thanks. No worries, guys. You guys take care. Enjoy the game. Thanks, Gary. Gary Galley calling the game tonight. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, he didn't even waver. It's like Spets has got to be in that lineup. So yeah. I'm wondering, is it just less about his play now and more about just getting him physically mm-hmm. ready and taking a few nights off. Well, like, that's why and tonight's if, not such a bad thing. And if he's, even at his stature as a as a veteran, a long-time player, if you get him a little pissed off, a little hungry, that's not the worst thing either. Mm-hmm. So is that you think that's more to do with... Uh, this, the the prep work and how they've looked at the tw- the last twelve or fourteen games and maybe more strategy. Less I don't know. You about know, game to game. I feel like there's if you ha- you can't go entirely not by merit. Merit matters. If you play well, you should play. And Blackwell has played very well, right? Blackwell, we feel like kind of has to be in. Yeah, but they they healthy scratched him the they other did, night. But then he came back. He scored again. Okay, like but then so which one is it? Is it merit? Is it? Well, uh, yeah, they had a day where they went again. I just feel like he can't think, take him out. He's been too good. And what message do you send to yeah, everyone if well, it doesn't matter? Uh, uh, it matters. A, a, a confusing message. Yeah, a confusing one. And hopefully he's played well enough that they're just like, okay, we can't take this guy out. He's obviously one of our best twelve guys. They want to get Abrazisi some look, some looks. And how do you take Wayne Simmons out, who scored on a breakaway and, you know, beat up a player the last time he was in the lineup? Like, I just, I feel like they're struggling to put together this fourth line. I don't know that it's about uh, Spezza so much as they just don't want to lose anyone. Guys play well enough, you got to keep putting them in, and Simmons has got to be in. It's good for Spezza to get some rest. I don't know how it makes him feel, but... Super Sammy, is it a given for you that Spezza is in game one? I don't think it's a given, but I would like to see him in there. I think he's kind of earned the right over his however many years. It's been three years now that he's been here, I guess, that I think game one of the playoffs, he has to be in there. I think more on merit than anything. Uh, it's just, he's like like Gary said, the draws are important. He's got the uh, the offensive ability on the second power play unit, all the stuff that Gary said, and just the sort of veteran status and what he's meant to the Leafs over these past couple of years. Yeah. I think it's important he's in there for game one. Game two, maybe not, but game one, you can't Babcock him here. Like Babs did with him yeah. in the first game of this. Like it's it still matters. The game one of the playoffs, I, I'd have him in. It's funny because anytime Spezza is in, it kind of muddles what the fourth line is and does, right? Like it changes it from being a mucker well, it's line because of his skill, right? Because he's, he's, he's too he's too skilled still yeah. to be a typical fourth line type of guy. Yeah, and we can see the, the that that skill still come out. Now the age has slowed down a little bit, but he still wants to make some moves, whether it's a, a toe drag, whether it's the big loop through the neutral zone, coming in with speed. Right. I mean, it still typically looks like a guy that thinks and acts like a top six player. Yeah. I guess the idea is to have that extra little bit of leafy skill and then have some bangers around them so they can do everything. I don't know. In theory. Can, can I just say that just a quick Masters update. He he asks, like, we're, we, there's second. a chance that we could say no. Yeah, it's coming. Right? Right? Quick Masters update. <laughs> what do we got? What do we Tiger got? Uh, hooked one into the woods on 18. Yeah. Get some relief, a little casual water at Augusta, which you don't see very often. Is that, was that how we yes. got the free drop? Yeah, a little casual Almost water. Almost back in the fairway. Almost back in the fairway. And, it's, and it makes a par. Makes a par. Tiger Woods almost lost his leg 13 months ago. Hasn't played a round of competitive golf. And shot 71. And goes to the most prestigious, the most prestigious golf course tournament in the world 
and goes and shoots a 71 yeah. and he's in the but top But he's 10. Tiger Woods. He's yeah. not us. It doesn't matter. It's still unbelievable. I know he's Tiger Woods, but even for him, that's mind-blowing. It is truly remarkable how differently, the type of different game he's had to play over the years. The power game came back from the one car-related thing. Yeah, there was a couple different kind of things. <laughs> and this, it, yeah. it's... And the crowds are off the charts. Insane. It's insane. It's, he's back. They're Tiger's like, back, baby. Like, there's, they're uh, 200 deep. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I know. It is the ultimate, like, no one cares about what these athletes do away from their field. Just do the thing you do. Yes. <laughs> Say the line, Bart. Yeah. You know, Tiger, <laughs> just hit it, bud. Do the fist pump, Tiger. <laughs> All right, we got a little bit more uh, meat on the bone here yeah. uh, before tonight's game. A name that we haven't really talked about that Gary Galley brought up is Andre Kasha. Yeah, he's still on the team. Like, Quietly, this is turning into a very long stint. Well, yeah, and, and not even like make a noise or he's skating or he's just sort of out of the public eye. So I assume he's having some serious side effects here. Uh, you know, without knowing what's going on, it's tough to be confident you're going to see him again is, this, this year. This is also a guy the year before that got in all but what, six, eight games yeah. because of a head injury. And here he is out with a head injury. I just, I don't think you can so, count on him being around. Which, in many ways, can be slightly devastating for this team because he turned into Huge a... Huge contributor. Big contributor, Before right. he, uh, his last injury, he scored in three straight games. He, any line he's on, he makes better. I mean, you know, you saw him playing with Nylander, hitting a one-timer in the the winner, or sorry, the Heritage Classic. He's a worker. He kills penalties. He He's awesome hockey player. You forget how important he was. Yeah, like, he makes a big difference when he's in. He was very good for them for and a again, long stretch of the season. Down to yes. where you want them in the line. 100%. There was always, though, that, that, that hung over any general manager's head to give this guy an opportunity or a contract. That's why he's in the bargain bin. Right. You know, and I don't mean that in disrespect to the, the talent, but that's why he's cheap. Anyone could have had him because the injury thing. I wrote an article in December called... Can Andre Kasha be avail- available for the Leafs in playoffs? And I wrote it when he was healthy. Yeah. Like, that was the given. Yeah. And to a lesser extent, Peter Mrazek, too, had yeah. a reputation. For sure. For for being a guy that uh, can find himself on the IR list. Yep. And it's a thing, man. And it's not a, an accusation that someone is fakes it or isn't tough enough. We are made of... We are made differently. Some people, you know, your body construction, and some people, are they break easier. It's not a really, it's the truth. It, it's a gamble that looked pretty good for yep. Kyle Dubas. And for Leaf fans, I, I, you got to just hope that it can still look like a smart, calculated bargain pickup, as you refer to it. Yeah. And that's what you're looking for in a salary cap era is, how do you find a market inefficiency? How do you find someone below, you know, market value? And one of the ways is this guy's injured a lot, but if he's not injured, he sure is good. And then you just cross your fingers. That's what happened here. You want to look at the West uh, playoffs? Yeah. Sammy, you got anything more before we uh, go on to some other things, including Doug Wilson uh, resigning from the San Jose Sharks? Uh Former champion Dustin Johnson now at three under. No, no, I got nothing else. We can go on to the best. I uh, do know someone who bet on him. Are you joking? Is DJ really he's, with three he's under? Minus three under. Uh, he's I'm minus three and where my money's at, DJ. I, oh, this is my last gambling thing before we go. I have a bet that pays a lot of money that says him leading after the first round and to win the tournament at a hundred to one. So hundred to one. I'm hoping that he wow after this. So there we go. All right, go DJ, go. All All right, right, Doug Uh, Wilson. Yeah, I don't think we are really surprised here. Here's a a guy that uh, left when in November that was stated uh, for some health issues. Right. So. This is presumably related. You would assume. Yeah. Yeah. um, You know, it's tough to look at the shark situation right now. So. I don't know what's going on with Doug Wilson, uh, so I'm not going to speculate there, but I can look at the San Jose Sharks position in the West, and it, that, that cap-friendly page sure is messy. Like, whoever's going to take this team over, tough to see a way they quickly turn it around with, you know, the Carlson deal and the Burns deal and the Vlasic deal and the Couture's been effective, but 
boy, there's some long, big money tied up to a team that's not winning. Not winning enough. I just, uh, you know, uh, first of all, we hope that Doug Wilson's okay yeah. and uh, on a road to recovery, but you, you can't help but talk about some of those decisions that uh, those forks in the road where uh, the, the biggest one for me was the decision to go after Eric Carlson. Mm-hmm. That one, to me, was the one where while everybody could argue at the time that you're you're getting one of the best, most skilled defensemen in the National Hockey League or in the world, uh, Norris Trophy winner, the first thing I thought of is, okay, where does that fit in with uh, with Brent Burns? Yeah. Is like two right-handed shots. You can have one shots, of those guys. But, like... I'm a big believer of the alpha dog. Yeah. And Brent Burns was the alpha dog on that blue line. And then it was like, no, you're going to get kind of not pushed aside maybe, but just know that you're going to have to share a lot of it. Yeah. And it just never, for me, was, it, it never made sense. 20 million between the two of them. You know, and you're, you only need one guy to run your power play. You only need one guy that takes massive risks up the ice offensively. Anyway, the, it's a bit of a messy situation. It is. And then maybe, the, the, what's that, Sammy? Maybe they could put him back at forward, Brent Burns. <laughs> you know what, Try him honestly. back up there. I don't know. The other, the other thing that I could conclude is maybe it's just Brent Burns just one too many chocolate bars like i'm watching every <laughs> night him I jamming love, chocolate I lo- bars i love his commercials and i'm like it's like bacon you can't eat it every day it just catches up to you kiffer you see me i have one a day before the show i'm very we'll see how. yeah but you're 29 <laughs> years old i'm 39 oh 39 oh those will catch up to you yeah, too. Well, they're coming they're coming um, so we wanted to talk about the Western Conference playoffs because we've been giving a lot of attention to the East, the Leafs situation, obviously. Uh, but when the Leafs win the Western or the Eastern Conference Championship, Sammy, they're going to have to play yeah. someone from the West. Yeah, correct. So we'll, we'll, just taking a quick li- look at the way things stack up there. Here's how th- if things were to, to start today, you'd have Colorado, Dallas, Minnesota, St. Louis, Calgary, Nashville, Edmonton, Los Angeles. But, but Las Vegas. The Vegas Golden Knights have won five or had won five straights before a loss last night. And very likely, I think likely, to find a way into that eight seed, which would be Colorado Vegas, which would be Vegas with Mark Stone, with Alec Martinez, Robin Leonard's back. They're starting to roll. Like, how messed up would that be for, for Colorado if they get handed the Vegas Golden Knights healthy in round one? So you're saying Dallas out... Vegas in. Well, there's a few ways you can shuffle this. The Kings aren't safe. The Kings are up four points on Vegas and the same amount of games played. And Vegas is rolling a little bit here. There's 10 games left. Like there's a chance for Vegas to climb into third in the Pacific, in which case you'd get Edmonton Vegas. The you, Oilers are praying are, that doesn't are you, happen. So, I like Vegas. And you I, like Edmonton. I mean, Kings are only one point. I'd like Edmonton to get in. Like, Kings are only one point behind Edmonton. I mean, are you not? Are you not? Foregone conclusion: Edmonton's in, and LA's going to be the team that. Uh, well, it's a five-point gap, but they have one. I think they have an extra game in hand. Like it just feels like Edmonton is okay a, in a lot better. So I'm spot. not arguing with it. I'm yeah. just I'm ten, just, eleven games left. I think Edmonton. No, not worried about them getting in. It's more for me who they're going to play, and boy. Tonight can go a Big long swing. way in helping paint that picture. Toronto beats Dallas. Things tighten yes. up for Dallas, and 100%. including their bum holes. And <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, didn't the Leafs absolutely spank them last time? Uh, you they know were what? here, they Sammy. Did. Yeah, did. it wasn't even close. And it was one was of those it? games where we came in the next day. We're like, boy, the stars stank. Stank. Yeah, but I think it's a really awesome test for them for the Leafs tonight because this is a massive game for I mean all the games are huge for the stars but like all the game like I said that all the games are big for them but we talk about those southern teams that are desperate for a little bit more gate revenue from the playoffs and whatever a lot on the line with all these games they have 10 left so or so they I think they have 12 left so a lot on the line for them so they're gonna get a desperate team good test for the Leafs the the power rankings of NHL teams that would get abused in a Canadian market the stars are number one uno agree 
head and shoulders above the rest. It's not even close. You got Sagan and Ben making 9.85 and 9.5 for 40 points in 68 games each. Yeah, those Thanks are for coming out. Underwhelming numbers. And do you know when Sagan makes 9.8 this year, next year, the next year, the next year, the next year, and the next year? He makes it till 2027. Wow, really? You know, you have to know, and I think Marty referred to it uh, with the ownership uh, uh, group, uh, Tom uh, Gallardi, mm-hmm. that if they miss, this thing's getting blown right up. I, and I don't that's know an how. That's an unmovable contract. I, no. Yeah. Unmovable. I, we've heard that on a number of occasions in the last five or ten Unmovable. years. Unmovable. Sagan's or Ben's? Sagan's. Ben has done two years earlier at 9.5. Yes, on the surface, but nothing is on the surface anymore. You find he also two has a no moves. <laughs> Trust me, if if it's not if it's looking like Dallas is not going to bring Sagan a, a championship anytime soon, I think he'd be fine to move on. Sagan would, okay, yeah. yeah. And and you're going to invite uh, another team into the equation. Or share money around. Share some money around. It is movable. It just takes creativity. But something, something's going to give there. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that so those deals are something. Radulov's making six point two five for four goals this year in sixty two games. The top scorers or the top defensemen, notice not saying anything about them as players, but they are skill guys in Klingberg and Heiskanen. I'm just saying for teams who would get killed in a Canadian market. They have all the pieces that would get absolutely lit up. But anyway, so they, they do have, a. fortunately for them, in the face of those guys, they have such good secondary players. And Rupe Hintz has 30 goals this year, fellas. He's a good player. Oh, and he's fast and he kills penalties. And he makes $3 million. Like, that's a valuable guy. Robertson, 32 goals. Pavelski's a point-per-game guy. Gurianov's a great player for them. They have tons of guys farther down the lineup that are bailing out Sagan, Ben, and Radulov. How important tonight's game for Jack Campbell because he comes in, does a great job against Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. forced to come in cold against Florida, yeah, and now right back in, win again under solid circumstances and the momentum continues for him. But if it doesn't, how important is this game for him? It's big. And here's what's going to happen. The Leafs are going to stink. The Leafs are going to stink tonight. And uh, Jack's bailing them out. This is going to be the big. Why do you say they're going to stink tonight? I think they're going to be really solid tonight. Oh, they're in Dallas, right? Yes. Okay. That helps. That helps that there. There's reason to focus a little bit more and get geared up. I just I feel like them coming off all the the Eastern Conference teams, the potential yeah. playoff opponents. This is the first t- chance to be like, not eh, really an interesting team, you know. That's West Western see, Conference. I, I see it the opposite. Okay. I see them focused after blowing a five-one lead. Okay. I, I I would hope they're embarrassed a little bit off of it, and they'll come in focused and charged. Okay, and so for Jack, I expect I think Jack's going to play well tonight. You know, this is the organization that drafted him, if I'm not mistaken. Dallas Stars, right? Correct. To to go by Marty Turco, uh, come on. Like, look around the room. There's no one else there. It's your team. It's yeah. your job. It's your opportunity to prove that you are a $5 million goalie. Yeah. Or get to a conference final at six. <laughs> no chance. No chance he can get back there. Oh, Kipper, after after this year, you think there's a chance he can get back to those numbers? N- numbers have nothing to do with it. Team advancing has everything to do with it. Yeah, they have team success. I don't care what the numbers are. Just get them to a conference final. Yeah. You know that your numbers will be good enough to support the argument that you should now be paid a top-level top goalie. Mm-hmm. A conference final would do that for, for Jack. Man, this guy, every time the puck drops, his bank account, you know, million-dollar swings. <laughs> <laughs> Led by us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Leading that charge. It is All right, do swing. we have uh, any uh, Leaf best uh, best bets tonight, uh, JB? You can get the Dallas Stars plus 130, and they're at home. 
I, I don't like betting against the Leafs often. You guys have heard me every show this year, but tonight, tonight, I would I'd throw a couple bucks on. Okay, um, our thanks to Marty Turco, Gary Galley, and Colby Armstrong. One final note tomorrow. Real Kipper and Bourne will go 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern. Yes. On Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Of course, uh, on our YouTube Sportsnet channel as well. And uh, make sure keep downloading uh, our fine podcast wherever you can. Our thanks to Derek, Jennifer, Sam, and JB, as always, man. Have a great night. You too, buddy. Enjoy the rest of the Masters. Thanks for watching and listening. Real Kipper and Bourne.